0: Welcome to the Head to Heal podcast, where you'll go head over heels learning about how the body and the brain work together to either feed disease or fight it. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist and founder of the Mindful Clinic. With a background in nutrition, behavioral neuropsychology, and hypnosis, I'm going to walk you through the root cause of your symptoms and disordered behaviors. The body has an innate ability to heal. No one is destined for illness, and most, if not all, disorders can be reversed. Come with me as we develop a new understanding of how you can use your head to heal and truly thrive. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Head to Heal podcast. I am so excited to talk to you guys today about hitting a plateau with your weight loss or your health. This is so unbelievably common, and yet it is actually so exciting because what happens is, and this is like kind of a theory that it does not just relate to weight loss, this relates to like business or really anything you're gonna do, but you have a starting point, you're at starting point A and you want to get to like B or Z, right? And so at starting point A, you have to change things in order to change things. And so you're going to create a new structure. So that structure is going to be like, from an eating perspective, maybe we're not eating past seven, or maybe we're tuning into our hunger cues, or maybe we're leaving food on our plate more or whatever. We're doing intermittent fasting, whatever it is, you're going to create that structure. And that's going to like bring you to a certain level. It's going to bring you up to a different level. And then you're going to plateau there because that's what that structure is built for to get you to that level. And then if you want to get up to the next level, you've got to create a new structure. (laughs) And so This is really exciting because if you're plateauing, it means like, listen, babe, you've learned everything you can from the structure before. And now it's time to fucking up level. So, of course, today we are mostly going to focus on weight loss because that is what we do here. And I want to talk about hitting a plateau with your weight loss journey first before we even really get into what I would do when I hit a plateau We really need to like define what a plateau is. So typically when clients are in their weight loss journey, they're like, oh, if I didn't lose any weight this week, then like I've hit a plateau. Sorry to tell you, honey, that is just not fucking true. A true plateau is over the course of four weeks. So like from the start of the month and the end of the month, your weight has not moved right? Because the thing is, your weight is going to go up and down throughout the month. Of course, this is totally normal. But if at the start of the month, let's say you're 173 pounds, just throwing out an arbitrary number, if your weight goes up, but you never see anything lower than 173 pounds throughout the month. And when you end the month, when you end those four weeks, if you are 173 pounds or more, you've hit a plateau. Okay. The reason why I say this is because my clients will often gain and lose weight all the time. This is very normal, especially if you're a woman, like so many things contribute to why your weight is more one day and less the next. And I can tell you a lot of it is not actually building a new fat cell, but it can be like hormones or water retention or all of these different things, right? But the lowest number that you have ever seen on the scale in the time period that you're in is your actual true weight. Because it is very difficult to actually create a new fat cell. Like it takes a surplus, literally a surplus of 3,500 calories every single day for like 72 hours in order to create a new fat cell, right? What often happens is we eat and like our weight will fluctuate, like we'll gain more volume because we've eaten food or maybe that food was higher in sodium. And so our weight's going to go up and down. But the lowest number that you see is actually your true number, because that is the least that you've been able to weigh within this time period, right? unless you are still emotionally eating, overeating, food addiction, energy. And if that's the case, like, please just disregard everything I'm saying because you need to work on that first before we even address plateau stuff. Okay, but like, let's say we don't emotionally eat, we're not really overeating and we've hit that plateau. Within the month, the lowest number that you've seen is actually your true weight and everything else is usually like inflammation and volume and comes down to like, the physiological imbalances in your body that are not letting your body let go of the weight or the inflammation or the water retention, etc. So I just wanted to start off by actually defining like what a true plateau is because so many of my clients will sign up and they'll be like, it's been two weeks and my weight's the same. And I'm like, I mean, that's <laughs> very normal. So you want to wait at least a four week period. And then if that's the case and you weigh the same or more, you've hit a plateau. What can we do about it? So, the first thing that we can do about it is we can start working on the liver. Like, the liver and the gallbladder is the best place to go to in order to boost metabolism. Everybody thinks that the thyroid is the main metabolic organ. Yes, of course, the thyroid plays a big role in your metabolism. However, all hormones are synthesized, activated, etc., through the liver. And so if the liver is overwhelmed or sluggish, like that's when we're actually starting to put toxins inside of adipose tissue, which is going to make the fat cells a lot more stubborn. It also is the organ that deals with our hormones. And so instead of focusing on the thyroid, we really want to focus at the root of where things can be coming in balance. And the liver and the gallbladder is like the first place to look because it has an impact in every single area of your body. So some of the things that we can do for liver work is like we can focus on actual herbs to help to detox the liver. Again, like please talk to a practitioner and work with somebody because it can be quite dangerous, especially for very toxic to just like shuttle toxins out of the liver and into the bloodstream. You want to make sure you're doing this in a safe way, especially if you're using herbs. But like some of my favorite herbs to use are like milk thistle, even doing things like dandelion are really great. If you want to go from a food perspective, you can do like beets or bitters will really help to release that bile. And that's where the gallbladder comes in because bile is released by the gallbladder and is going to emulsify fats, which means that We actually need bile in order to break down and utilize our fats properly because we do need fat within the body. But if we don't have enough bile, we end up really just storing everything. Okay. So the liver and the gallbladder both kind of work together. I've done an episode that talks about this. I believe it's in either stubborn weight or maybe I think I even did one on the liver, but we can, we can link that up in the show notes if you want more information on that. But Just for getting through a plateau, I would be doing the liver and the gallbladder work. You could also do things like juicing. I know that everybody's obsessed with celery juice. Like you can try it. Beets are really good. Like I mentioned before, anything that's going to be bitter is going to be very beneficial for the liver. And like I mentioned, milk thistle. Is one of my favorite supplements to use for this because milk thistle is not only going to help the liver to actually detox, but milk thistle is actually going to protect the healthy liver cells, which is something that's very important because the liver plays such a big role in everything that we do. So that's the first one. The second one is changing up your diet in a way where we are adding in more insoluble fiber. So I do this a lot with my clients where, especially for that first meal of the day, insoluble fiber is a type of fiber that cannot really be absorbed. And so insoluble fiber, literally its job is to bind to toxins and to like expand within your stomach and detox. So it's to bind to like toxins and get them out of your body. And so this is a really big part of like where our fecal matter comes from. It's this insoluble fiber. And the beauty of insoluble fiber is, like I said, you literally can't absorb it. And so you're not gaining any weight from including more insoluble fiber into your diet. And so one of the best sources, in my opinion, for this is chia seeds. You could do chia seeds or ground flax seeds. And you could do something like a chia pudding, or you can literally just take like two tablespoons of chia seeds in water first thing in the morning. You can add a little bit of lemon if you're feeling spicy. And you could also do it before bed and see how that changes things like you're going to notice you're going to have like the best poops in the whole world I will say this also of course disclaimer with caution if you're somebody who has had like years and years of constipation the chia seeds actually aren't very constipating like they're very mucilogenic so they really should be creating more bowel movements even with constipation but if you have like obstruction of the bowels or something you just want to be really careful with adding more fiber in so please again consult a practitioner The third thing that you can do to get over hitting a plateau is intermittently fast. And I don't know if I've done a podcast on this, but if you know me, you're like, Jordana, you always tell us don't intermittent fast. And it's not intermittent fasting that I have an issue with. It's the fact that intermittent fasting is mostly just a diet. And so if you are going to intermittently fast, which I also personally do, I just do it in a different way. I don't want you to stick to the structure of like, oh, it's a 12 hour fast or it's an 18 hour fast where every day at 12 we're breaking that fast because what that is going to do is it's going to teach you to stop being intuitive with your true hunger cues like what happens if you're hungry at 10 a.m you know what i mean and so with intermittent fasting and especially to get over a plateau if you're noticing that like when you wake up in the morning you're hungry right away for breakfast i would say like let's try and delay that breakfast right so let's try and push back that first desire to eat by 10 minutes by 20 minutes and just become curious to see kind of like where your actual boundary really is. This is also a really good exercise for you to actually understand what is true hunger and what is not. And so if you're going to engage in the intermittent fasting for getting over hitting a plateau, you can do this in the morning and for women, I would actually almost say it's much better for you to do it in the evening. So one of my clients like finishes eating at five personally would never work with my schedule, but that is an option for you. And again, in the evening time you can create a little bit more of a time boundary because you will have already eaten within that day so you're not really like starving yourself you know what I mean so if you're going to use intermittent fasting again like the whole purpose of it is to create more autophagy so time without food in your body and when we first ingest food it's the body's number one priority to metabolize that food because You have to understand like food coming into the body is actually a foreign invader, right? Like we are just a big donut right from the mouth all the way out the ass. And so anything that goes into that like digestive system, the body automatically assumes like foreign invader. And there's like all of these processes it has to go through in order to allow something to actually go through the intestinal wall and become a part of you, a part of your body. And so once you ingest something, because it's seen as a forward invader, it's the body's number one job to deal with it. But if we're constantly eating or if we're like snacking throughout the day, the body never really gets a chance to actually go in and like deal with some other stuff like inflammation or malignant cells or pathogens or anything like that. This is called autophagy, where when we have longer fasting periods, autophagy is basically like it relies on some of our white blood cells our macrophages to actually go in and eat up any of the malignant cells and like metabolize and burn fat, etc. Intermittent fasting is not ideal for somebody who has a very severe hormonal imbalance, specifically related to cortisol and adrenaline. So like, again, work with a practitioner and just like know yourself. But if you're like not hungry all day long and like you're really hungry in the evening, that's a really big red flag for the fact that you're running on adrenaline. And in that case, you're actually not going to lose weight because you're never going to be going in to burn the fat cells. And that's why I say intermittent fasting is a really great tool. It can get you over that plateau, but it's definitely not something we want to be like super militant about. And we want to approach it with a sense of like curiosity. "Mm, Can I push back this meal an hour today? Or what if I stopped eating at five? What if we had an early dinner instead of our normal 7 p.m. dinner? And approaching it with that type of curiosity rather than like every day at 5 p.m. we finish dinner, etc. Okay? Okay. The fourth thing is to rearrange your plate. Okay, so part of this is taken from the glucose goddess. She's amazing. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend it. But literally, like the way that we arrange our plate is very important for how our body digests that food, right? And so typically, like if you think about an apple or you think about any whole food that comes from the ground on a tree, it's like designed perfectly for you. You know, like that apple has the perfect amount of fiber, vitamin A, B, C, D, protein, etc., for your body. You put it into your body and body's like, I know what this is. And it's perfectly, perfectly designed from whole foods. We really cannot gain much weight. Like we would have to eat so much of a whole food in order to actually build a new fat cell. It's very, very difficult because of the way that it is balanced like that basically and this is actually coming from my work with Dr. Abraham. We've written a book on it. It's called Reversible. You can find it on Amazon. But basically this is like the difference between caloric intake and what we've researched to be net energy gain. So caloric intake is like we take something and we look at like the total amount of calories. It's like how much energy is in this product. How much energy is in that one apple? And within that one apple, like there might be like 250 energy, 250 calories, right? Then we take something like a chocolate bar and a chocolate bar, like most of them have like 150 calories. What about the ones who are like under 90 calories and whatever? Like we know the apple's healthier than the chocolate bar, right? But the apple has more calories. So how does that make sense? Well, it comes down to net energy gain or NEG because it's not just about how much energy is in that product. It's like, what does our body do with it? Right. Because at the end of the day, when we're talking about weight loss, we don't really care what we eliminate. Like we don't care about that. We're looking at how much of that total energy can the body use right now or store for later. And it's really that storage part that becomes important for us. So when we take something like a whole food, like we can only really use or store about three to five percent of that food. (laughs) So you could literally eat an entire bushel of apples before you're going to get to like 100 calories, um, which would be the one chocolate bar, you know, and that's why it's very difficult to gain weight with whole foods. And so if we look at our plate, if we take our plate, even if it's not just whole foods on the plate, we take our plate and we rearrange things. OK, so if we want to mimic the way a whole food is made with the perfect amount of fiber, vitamin A, B, C, D, the insoluble fiber, the healthy fats, etc. of the plate should be non-starchy vegetables. So these are like above ground vegetables. And this is where a lot of the insoluble fiber is going to be coming from. Okay. 50% of that plate is non-starchy vegetables, above ground vegetables, leafy green vegetables, whatever you want to call it. 25% of the plate is like protein. And the other 25% is your grains or your carbohydrates. Now that can be in the form of quinoa. It can be in the form of brown rice, or it can be in the form of lasagna. Like I don't care. But at the end of the day, like if you're having a piece of lasagna, if your dinner is lasagna, right? Instead of putting lasagna on your plate and like with a little side of greens, we want to have greens with a side of lasagna. Okay. So the first thing is like how we arrange our plate, because those greens those leafy greens the insoluble fiber is going to balance out the high carbohydrates from the lasagna so that's the first thing the second thing around like rearranging your plate is actually the specific order in which you eat the food this is mind blowing this is straight from the glucose goddess i wish i could take credit for this research but it's super not me but anyways she basically found and like there's lots of research to back this up where you could be eating the exact same meal and the order in which you eat it is going to significantly impact the way that your blood sugar spikes afterwards. And why is this important for weight loss? Well, because blood sugar is directly related to weight loss. If we have a big spike in blood sugar, that tells the body, Hey, we got to store. It's like, we've got way more energy than we need. And so we're going to store all of it. And so even if you're eating the exact same meal, if you eat the vegetables first, the vegetables before the protein or the carbohydrates, you can reduce your blood sugar spike by 75%. Holy fuck. That is crazy. You know what I mean? And so like really, like if you're eating the lasagna and you like the side of lasagna, if you will, with a plate of greens, if you just eat the greens first, And then the lasagna, like the blood sugar is barely gonna spike. And so, paying attention to little things like this, like the order in which you're eating your food or rearranging your plate, right? These are the little, little subtle things that can actually get you to the next level, right? Can help you break through that plateau. Hi, babes. I am so excited to talk to you about my signature program, The Mindful Method. This is the exact same method that I have been using with hundreds of successful clients to help you heal your relationship to food, to increase confidence and to lose weight without dieting or killing yourself at the gym. If you're sick of not feeling like your best self, if you're sick of promising yourself that you'll start again on Monday, if you're sick of going on restrictive diets only to gain back the weight, I can tell you right now that if you gained it back, it did not work. You know what's healthy and what's not, you do. You just continue to choose the unhealthy option anyways and the meal plan will not solve this issue. There is no amount of restriction or discipline or willpower that is going to stop you from self-sabotaging. The body follows the mind. Imagine a life where you don't have to think about what you can or can't eat. Imagine a life where you feel confident in all of your clothes, where every day and every way your body rebalances and you lose all of the weight so you find the truest, healthiest version of yourself. Imagine never having to start again on Monday. This is what happens when you focus on transforming the brain so weight loss is effortless. The body follows the mind and it's time you actually get to the root cause of your issue. If you are ready to transform and find the truest, healthiest version of you without letting go of your favorite foods, I invite you to fill out the application in my bio. And if you're a good fit, we'll be in touch soon. Back to regular programming. The fifth thing, and we talked about this in a previous episode, but just like increase your water, guys, okay? I don't wanna sound like a broken record, but there is nobody that I know that drinks enough water, myself included. We know we need it to be filtered, okay? Right away, when you start to increase your water, for some people, the weight actually goes up. And that's a really fun thing to see because that tells me so much about how your hormones are functioning and how your cells are functioning. Like when we drink a lot of water and the weight goes up for like not just a day, but like extended periods of time, like we start drinking more water and for like two weeks, your weight keeps increasing and increasing. It tells me that your cells are likely in acidosis and they're not letting go of anything. So like you're accumulating all that water, but like the actual sodium and potassium pumps that pump in water out waste is not pumping out the waste fast enough and it's pumping out the waste into the lymphatic system right so this is where we can start to get into some of the lymphatic exercises to release some of that water eventually even if it does go up for long periods of time like the weight's going to come back down because eventually your body's going to be like okay we have so much more water here we need to let it go etc so this isn't something that like is going to last very long but as a practitioner it's really fun for me to see because i get to start to see exactly how your body is like functioning on a cellular level so when you start to drink a lot of water, some people immediately will like just feel a lot better, have so much more energy. I think it's like even when we're 5% dehydrated, we start to see some of the mood disorders come up. So dehydration is really important because even for hitting a plateau like of course we didn't even talk about the emotional stuff right like if if you want to feel better and you want to like manifest your truest healthiest self this isn't going to come from just rearranging your plate this is going to come from like how do you speak to yourself is your brain a nice place to be in and then if, if we're increasing our water right away the weight might increase but it's going to start to decrease once your body starts to filter out The reality is like water is the thing that gets stuff out of our body, whether it's like through our bladder or through our colon, but like things need to travel in the body and those detox pathways need to be open and drinking enough water is a really easy way to do that. So you can drink a lot more water. You're probably going to feel fuller during the day. You're going to have more energy. You're going to be thinking better. You're going to feel better about yourself, which is all going to lead to you likely making your body feel safe enough where it's like, hey, we can burn this fat tissue. We can burn this adipose tissue rather than being like, I'm in a state of danger all the time and I'm going to hold on to everything. Okay, that was number five. Number six is going into the sauna. I've just started to get back into my infrared sauna. I love it so much. I've missed it. I was like waiting the whole time to not be pregnant. So I could like go and use my sauna again. And it's literally taken me an entire year to get back into it. But I love it so much. Like I can't even tell you, I feel like a different person coming out of the sauna. And I always go down like at least two, three pounds. And that's a perfect example of how my weight is actually the two pounds lower. It's just that when the body has imbalances, which of course everybody does a little bit, right? My body's just holding on to water in a way that is not really adaptive for it and so I start to notice okay then how can I get my body to filter out that water properly am I drinking enough water how's my lymph system doing etc but the sauna is an amazing way to do this I have an infrared sauna infrared saunas are really great because different than a dry sauna infrared is going to like penetrate about three inches into your skin and literally pull out toxins and this is how it's like working from a weight loss perspective because a lot of weight gain and stubborn weight is toxicity that is stored inside of those fat cells. And so we need to actually remove those toxins and the infrared sauna will remove things like heavy metals as well. It's so effective. And it's also like, it gets the perfect temperature to increase your metabolic rate. It's going to balance hormones. It's going to like kill pathogens. Like it's just an amazing tool. I use the higher dose infrared sauna. That's like a sauna bag. Now that we live in a new house and we have space, like I will definitely be getting like stationary sauna and not just use the bag. But I love my higher dose bag. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think I'd like to be able to like go into something and read at the same time or even stretch. You know what I mean? So sauna is number six. And the seventh thing, the last thing that you can do to get over your weight loss plateau is to move differently. Okay. If you are already going to the gym five days a week, go three. Okay. And walk the rest of the days, right? Like we forget that we actually lose more weight when we're resting. We don't lose weight when we're at the gym, fucking lifting weights. Like, yes, that stuff's important to build up the muscle, but if you've been doing something this whole time and you want to change, you want to get to the next level, you have to change things. And it's not forever, right? I think I talked about this in a past episode, but I actually just had to break up with my gym and this was like a couple of months ago, and it was so hard for me to do. But I'm so glad that I did. And it was like, as soon as I did that and I started dancing instead, all of a sudden my body started leaning out like crazy. I work out so much less than I normally do. And my body every day literally keeps going down. Like, I think this past week alone, I went down five pounds and I was like, I don't even know how. Like, we had two big events. There was drinking involved this week. It doesn't even fully make sense to me other than the fact that like I'm living my life and I'm enjoying my life and I'm moving differently for sure. And I'm focusing on like having fun and like living my life instead of focusing on like losing the baby weight, any of that stuff, right? So just move your body differently. Like if you're not moving at all, like start with walking. Walking is literally the easiest thing that you can do. We're bipedal human beings. We are designed to walk. And walking is actually what's going to balance out hormones as well. But let's say you're already walking. Let's say you do yoga or something like pick up weightlifting, you know, so it can go either way. All right. The last thing that's attached to the seventh one, move your body differently. We need to stretch a lot more. So really the elongation, like the leaning out comes from that stretching. And like, I've really returned back to this, like since I've started dancing again, because I've almost forgotten how to stretch from years and years of weightlifting and running and like, and where the focus is on like burning and lifting heavy and all these things, like really what creates that elongation in the body and like makes the body look really toned is being able to stretch those muscles out, right? So that we don't accumulate a lot of lactic acids. We don't accumulate a lot of like inflammation, et cetera and you can tell if you have a lot of inflammation or lactic acid buildup if when you work out you're sore for the next like two days you know that shouldn't Continue to happen, especially if you've been exercising for a while. Like if this is like your first time going back to the gym in a year, yes, you're going to be sore, and that's very normal. But if every time you go to the gym and you've been working out for a while, you're like sore, and it actually makes you feel like heavier and more lethargic, you've got too much inflammation, and so you really need to change up the way that you're moving and make it a little bit more balanced and including those like long stretches to elongate the muscles and to allow the muscles to let go of the inflammation. The acid etc okay my friends just to recap if you hit a plateau it's only a real plateau if you have hit a plateau for four weeks straight the lowest number you see on the scale in this time in your life is your actual true weight everything else is usually inflammation water retention hormone shit the top seven ways to break through that plateau is to work on the liver and the gallbladder to increase more insoluble fiber into your diet, to try intermittently fasting in a curious way and not a militant way, to rearrange your plate and change the order in which you're eating your foods, to increase your water and to do the sauna, infrared ideally, and to move differently. All right, I'm so glad you tuned in today. If you liked this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. And I would love to hear from you guys. Even like honest testimonials are really helpful for us. So if you can just like head to the testimonial page on Apple or Spotify, we would love to get your feedback and see how you're enjoying it. We're very open to questions and also recommendations if there's a topic that you'd like to hear about. Okay. I love you all and I will see you on another episode of the Head to Hill podcast. Bye!